welcome to the latest Small Business Britain podcast. I'm absolutely delighted, literally, you'll see what I did there in a moment, to be joined by the wonderful Dee Mappashaw, who is the founder of Kay's Wars, um, a sausage business that is doing phenomenally well, um, is in a load of independents, is in Ocado, has uh, just launched its online business and is, you know, sizzling away. Sorry, I'm going to do loads of sausage puns, Dee. I, I apologise already. Um, so it's lovely to have you with us. Um, I would love to first uh, open the chat up by hearing about your amazing business story. Where did it all come from? Was it something from childhood? You know, tell us all. Yeah, yes, of course. Um, hi, Karen. Thank you for having me here today. I'm really excited to be sharing my story with you and everyone else after this. Um, why sausages? Um, basically, we started the business because we noticed there was a lack of Southern African food uh, within Manchester, where we live, and also beyond. There was an, a lack of Southern African food as a first choice. If you wanted to go out for something to eat, there was absolutely nothing. If you wanted to order anything, even online, there was a lack of Southern African food. So we decided that we wanted to introduce this amazing cuisine um, to the UK. And we thought we would start with the sausage. Um, this particular sausage is very special in Southern Africa. It is held in such high regard. It is a very popular traditional sausage. It is eaten at every occasion. Um, you cannot have a gathering of more than two people and not have this particular sausage. So we thought, okay, this is where we start. We start off with this amazing sausage. And, you know, from then on, it has just been amazing. Um, we hit the ground running in 2014. That's when we started experimenting with recipes. And it, it did take a while to get things right um, because we had an old recipe that had to be commercialized. So it did take a while to get things right. We've had support from Manchester University. We've had support from our local growth hub. So we've had a lot of support to get things up and running. Phenomenal. And what a great reason to do it that you were like, you know what, we can't get what we want here. So let's bring it to the people. You know, what makes them so special? So I'm I'm a northerner and obviously the Lincolnshire sausage is a big, a big thing. Yes, um, yes. So, <laughs> so what makes them so special and unique and different and why are they such a phenomenon in, you know, South Africa? Uh, we make and sell uh, bulvos, and bulvos in itself is an Afrikaans term, and it means in English, farmer's sausage. This particular sausage has to be made a certain way following a certain recipe. So you cannot have more than 30% fat content in this particular sausage. And this sausage, in order for it to be called a bulvos, which is what it's called, it must contain a minimum of 90% meat content. Anything that does not contain that amount of meat content, you cannot legally call it bulvos. It's actually a criminal offence. Really? Oh, gosh. So yes. when you see that on a menu, <laughs> it has to be 90% meat. Otherwise, they're lying. That's it. Yes, that's it. This is, um, you know, that, that kind of thing sort of got us going. We thought it was really exciting that to be doing something like this. And also, should the time ever come, we can export back to South Africa because we know we're making an authentic sausage. So you launched in 2014, is that right? Yeah. And, and was it quite a soft thing? Did you just sort of go to your friends and, and families first or did you do a big um, launch to everybody? 
Well, when we started in 2014, we started off in our kitchen. So it was a kitchen table business to start off with. Um, everybody was just pretty much getting stuck in. Mm. And then <laughs> once we started getting the hang of it, um, from around about 2016, that's when we registered ourselves as a business, when we knew we had a recipe that we're confident with. And then we started um, going out to local events. Uh, we used to target charity events. Because as a startup business, we didn't have any, you know, any funds to attend any expos or anything like that. Yeah. It was a gradual and really slow process. But it helped us to understand and also to position ourselves in the market. So what I'm really, you know, I'd like to talk to you a bit more about is that obviously so many business owners, you know, are 100 miles an hour launching their business. That's it. But you obviously took that time to really perfect your product and your craft during those two years um was it frustrating to get it right or did you know that was sort of part of the process to you know to lead to your ultimate success um it was frustrating at first but then you don't realize how much time has gone past when you're doing these things because there was always one thing or the other to do or to think about or to start working on um because as soon as we had the recipe ready we had to start thinking about where we wanted to sell, uh, we, we, we had to start thinking about the packaging designs. We had to start thinking about the brand. What kind of brand did we want to build? Mm. We, we had so much to think about. And before we knew it, we had already gone three years. And that's when we started sort of looking more retail. So you don't realize how much time is going until you actually sit back and you reflect and you see, oh, I've been at it forever. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's almost like getting the sausage right was the easy bit. Then comes the the, the legwork of getting yes. the brand and the marketing mm-hmm. when it's maybe, you know, that's not your area. It's, it's, it's yes, very difficult, yeah. isn't it? So, I mean, I love the fact that you went out locally first and, and really sort of spoke to your customers. I think that's a massive key to success, isn't it? Yes. And found out what they yeah. what they thought of it, you know, mm-hmm. go to them. And, and was that a really good test bed for you just to see reaction there and then? Oh, yes, it, it really was. And we tried to target so many different types of people, different groups of people. Uh, so we live near Manchester University. So we targeted the students just to see and, you know, get their views, get you know, the millennials, you know, get them talking and telling us what they thought. And then we would go into into the areas where we knew we had an older population mm-hmm. and then would sort of try and gauge and see if this is something that they would be curious to try. So we, we were able to then come back, sit down, look at things and see where would be best positioning ourselves, where on the, on the shelves would be best positioning ourselves. So it was a really, really interesting time, very time-consuming but it had to be done. And I'm glad we did because we've ended up with real good understanding of who our customers are. I bet, I bet. And um, obviously it's grown so much since then. Um, And did you target, you know, the wholesale independent market to start with or did you sort of go route to market straight to consumer through your website or what was the next bit of the journey? Oh, we started off by targeting our local independents and, um, they're always a good place to start because they're familiar with us. We already shopped there, mm. so it was easy to approach them and tell them, hey, I've got this great thing going. Would you mind putting us on, on, on your shelves? And um, they, they're so understanding and so supporting. So we managed to get our foot in the door that way. And we also 
sold, you know, just not on a large scale, direct to consumers, um, just trying to cater for everyone. Because if somebody bought the sausage and they came and gave us a review, you have a few more people asking about it. And we've sort of just grown organically like that, just by people saying, I'm in this area, can you, can you cater for us? And that's how we've grown. And it's, it's good, again, as a startup business, you don't start up with a big marketing budget like, yeah. like Coca-Cola or someone like that. <laughs> no. So it has been good that we've managed to grow organically. Yeah. And your customers then are very authentic and they're very much yes. following yeah. your brand for a reason, aren't yes. they? It's not just a number. Like, yes, you know, that's true. I mean, obviously, you're doing brilliantly now. You've just got the, um, you know, the account with Ocado, which is fantastic in terms of reach and getting it to more people. What would you say has been the, the biggest sort of learning so far um, from, you know, starting from that kitchen table all those mm-hmm. years ago? Um, resilience. Um, you have to be resilient. Mm-hmm. And if if it had not been that I you know I I had to be, to be really really strong and resilient because you you come across so many challenges and so many barriers to entry. Mm. But if you don't believe in what you're doing, if you don't believe in your craft and in your dream, and you're not resilient to all of these things, it can be quite easy to just quit and walk away. Yeah, but um. I remember before we launched, we got the Ocado account, we we were struggling to secure funding. Right. So we had this amazing product, a great tasting product, but we didn't have the funding to get the packaging and branding and everything sorted. And we had everyone saying, oh, you should be in retail. And I'm thinking, I do want to be in retail. <laughs> we I know. But <laughs> have the funding. I remember I went through a total of 19 applications for credit and funding and I got turned down. And it was only when I started completing the 20th one and I was telling myself now, you know, this is it. If this doesn't work, then this was never meant to be. It's time to pack it up. And that was our break. That's when we came across an amazing ethical lender, the Fredericks Foundation. Um, they're an ethical lender. They support businesses. They support dreams. They, they're not all about credit score, what's your credit rating, but they are all about that dream. As long as it is a viable dream and they can see success, they will back you. So you just found your right partner. That's it. Mm. And it was just like that. We got our break. And luckily for us, they were also filming a series for the BBC, for BBC One. And it was a double whammy for us. <laughs> uh, we ended up on, on the BBC, wow. which was free exposure, brand exposure for us. Yeah. And it also helped us with our launch on Ocado. Uh, because I remember going in that meeting with the buyer and telling him, do you know I'm actually on TV as we are speaking? <laughs> Oh, it was the same time. That's it was amazing. at the same time. <laughs> so he, he switched on the TV and there I was. And he said, yeah, there you are. So again, for him, it really helped. Wow. To, he believed the story. And we, we are an authentic brand with a story behind us. So it was really, really easy to then sell to him what I was selling because we had... Um, an, an authentic story behind us. So that that's how it's been. Yeah, well, the key word there is authenticity, isn't it? You know, because, yes. you know, from speaking to you, you're clearly 
passionate and knowledgeable about your product and know what it is and know what it should be doing and you want to get it in front yeah. of people and I think people yes uh, I imagine investors really um that's really appealing to them so isn't it fantastic and isn't it great that you said I'll give my 20th a go not my 15th because I imagine if where you would be now you know we wouldn't have have got there would you yes. so resilience is absolutely yes, key it isn't is. it in terms of keeping going and the belief and um what helped you during that time did you have people around you that you could you know call on I had a community yes I I did have um I I joined a lot of networking groups um because I found that this can be quite lonely um starting a business regardless whether it's a family-run business or you you're you're a solopreneur um it can be quite lonely so I joined um, local networking groups and I also joined Great. Facebook groups and I, I would speak to like-minded people, people who are going through the same journey as myself or people that have been through the same hurdles. And I listened to a lot of, you know, a lot of podcasts, um, a lot of TED Talks. Um, one particular one is Find Your Why. Yeah. That particular TED Talk kept me going. We will find it and put a link to it when this comes out. It asks you, it urges you to think about why you're doing what you are doing. Fab. It doesn't matter how you are doing it or how, how good you are at what you're doing, but why are you doing what you're doing? And for me, it was out of the love of this amazing food and out of the love for my heritage mm. i wanted my i wanted to leave something for my children yeah. regardless of where we are right now i wanted them to understand and to always know where we came from fantastic there's a lot more to it it's not just a sausage yeah but you know it's it, what it represents as well isn't it like you say and to bring that into it is. It you is. know the mainstream as it were um is a really big deal isn't it and to introduce oh, yes. people to this oh, yes. this not only the taste but the culture behind that is is fascinating I think and you know I think people are very much more open-minded with their culinary uh, taste these days aren't they they're willing to try most things I mean say. No, nowadays if if pe- people are traveling a lot so food is another way of traveling yeah um take for example the lockdown people have not been able to leave their houses but a lot of a lot of people have been cooking yeah and people have been trying so many different kinds of food and people have found comfort. I've seen Instagram has been going mad about, oh, we're in Jamaica today, we're in South Africa today, we're in Egypt today, we're, now we're back in Lincolnshire. <laughs> so it's, it has been fun and food has a way of doing that, of taking people to places. Massively. And it's a connection, isn't it? It's something you can do together. It's an experience, isn't it? Yes. So we mentioned the L word, lockdown. Um, we're, what date are we now? It's the beginning of July at the moment, isn't it? So we're sort of coming out of it a little bit um, very slowly. Some businesses are, some aren't. Um, but, you know, there still are restrictions in place. Now, how was it for you guys? I mean, we mentioned your online shop earlier. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that. Was that always in the plan? We had sort of, we did think about it. Mm. And then Okado came along and we thought all our problems have been solved because Okado gives us the nation, yeah. nationwide reach that we need. So we sort of shelved it. We, we just thought, you know, we can't be dealing with that. It's too much hassle. Um, we'll let Okado deal with everything. Yeah. When lockdown struck, um, Okado also turned a little bit cold for us because 
they restricted access to their site. Right. So what this meant, we are a niche brand and the typical customer that has been left with access on Ocado is not typically our customer. So that has meant our growth has been has been brought down to pretty much Gosh, nothing. Okay, so you were so excited about this news and all guns blazing and then suddenly, yeah. Yes, yes. And I thought, wow, everybody's going to be like, everybody's going to be shopping, buying sausages. Unfortunately, that was not the case for us. So it was a very, very difficult time. The first couple of weeks of lockdown were really, really mm. difficult. And Okado did struggle um, as a supermarket. They struggled to get things in place. However, we had to think quickly, become innovative, and we've decided to pivot our businesses. Yep. And we have successfully pivoted to online. We've built um, our online shop. Uh, could have got people to do this for us, but we <laughs> thought, you know, we, we'll give it a go. We like trying things ourselves because we thought, you know, we, we could be the customer so we know exactly what our customers want. So we built our online shop and that has turned things around for us. Amazing. And so tell me, you mentioned a figure when we were speaking before. Are we allowed to know how much it's... Yes, yes. We've, uh, we've experienced um, growth by 34%. So 34% of all of our sales right now are coming through online. And that's phenomenal. We are experiencing growth on a weekly basis. And and how do you let people know about you, you know, in terms of your marketing, in terms of people getting them to the online shop in the first place? We got ourselves sorted with email marketing and that that is one amazing tool. Um it is it it is it, it has been so amazing in terms of sales because we had people signing up before the before the website went live. And on the day that we turned the, the online shop on, it just went mad. It is really amazing. I, I totally underestimated that. So <laughs> I, now I'm spending hours and hours on MailChimp trying to see what else I can do. So it's... Yeah. Marketing is a... Yes. You know, it just takes your time. It does, yes. Social media. We're very active on social media. Uh, we do a lot of posting. We, we, we love to post like amazing, juicy looking pics of sausages. And oh, you always <laughs> make me hungry. And they tend to do the trick. We get a lot of conversion through our Instagram and we get a lot of conversion through our Facebook as well. And that has been growing, I think... Um, it's mainly to do with people having a lot more time now in lockdown. So yep. people are really paying attention to brands. People want to know about brands and people are really, really reading into brands a lot more. Absolutely. And I think if they have a good brand experience, the loyalty will stay as well. So it's, a, it's yes, almost like definitely. a very interesting marketing experiment the last few months, isn't it? To see what works with that captive audience that you've got at home definitely so I'm so pleased things are going so well for you you're smashing it you're doing phenomenally well um you know what is there left to do in terms of uh for you personally you know is there anything else you would like to achieve anything else you want to get involved with yes certainly I mean um when I first started I remember um going to meetings and having people not um sort of notice you in the room. Mm -hmm. I remember being told uh, by somebody, um, a male colleague, that, you know, there is no way you can run this business. You have responsibilities. You're a mother. You are a wife. 
those are your responsibilities. So there is no way you can do that. So I've heard a lot of yes, that. Sadly. Um, you know, and also being a CEO of a business in the meat industry and you're a woman, um, yeah. it, it raises a lot of, you know, eyebrows. And especially for women of color. Right. Uh, not a lot of women of color in the meat industry. Okay, um, so, so people take notice in that way. Yes, people do take notice mm. and you do get um, a little bit, you know, you get treated differently. Really? It's been quite challenging. Yep. I spoke about resilience before. You have, you, you grow thick skin and you become resilient because you, you're focused, you know your why. Yep. So you, you're just focused, you know your why, you stay focused, you look ahead. It's all about achieving that goal at the end of the day. It must be tough though, especially, for example, if you're maybe not 100% one day, you know, like we all are sometimes, you're not, you're not really ready mm-hmm. for it. And then you've, you've got to sort of dig deep to find that resilience and that strength mm-hmm. from somewhere. Definitely. It's, it can be tough. I've had some, some days where I've just felt like, no, I'm not even getting up for that. Uh, I'm, I'm not answering my phone. I'm not looking at my emails. Right. I'm just not dealing with anyone right now. I have had days like that. And sometimes I can just spend the whole day like that because um, you, I, am, I am human. And it, it, is, it is really, really tough. And so I, I really appreciate that, you know, people might look at me and expect me to keep going, but they need a day off sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, so- you know, especially as business owners, it's really tough because you are wearing so many hats, aren't you? You've got so much yes. responsibility, yeah, so much weight it. on your shoulders. And that's just in the business. And then you've got all the external stuff coming at you. Um, yeah, it's quite understandable that we need to retreat now and again. And I don't think there's any harm in it, do you? No, no, th- there's no harm in it. You, ne- you definitely need to retreat so that you can avoid burning out because you don't want to burn out. Um, exactly. And, you know, they, there are a lot of things associated with a le- lack of rest and all of that. So we do need to retreat sometimes. But for me, um, personally, I'm Looking forward to setting up a mentoring group for young girls, um, you know, young black girls with ambitions. Um, especially, I'm looking at girls who come from an African background. If you come from a certain cultural background, there are also some cultural barriers. I come from a place where women cannot do some of the things that I do. Right. Traditionally, women cannot be CEO. It's got to be a man, you know. Really? So we, we're challenging those stereotypes. And I want to encourage these girls that it doesn't matter what, where you come from. Mm. I want them to look at me and feel they have a role model, somebody that they can look up to and, and say, you know, she did that. She challenged that cultural yeah, stereotype. And she's done it. And she's done it. And nothing yeah. has happened to her. Well, nothing has happened to me yet. Of course. <laughs> We'll protect you, Dee. Don't worry. But what an amazing thing to do. And I think, you know, the Pay It Forward initiative is, is huge, isn't it? And if you can inspire and educate and give permission to these, yes. you know, next generation of amazing women. Yes, of course. With this phenomenal heritage, then it's a wonderful thing. Can I just say one last word? Um just to, to encourage anybody out there who's trying to achieve anything at all, how small, how big, own your story. Be the voice of that story. Don't let anybody else tell your story. Own your story. Tell your own story. If I had let anybody else tell my story, I wouldn't be where I am today. 
I am who I am today because I believe I'm the only writer for my story. Thank you. And it's been so lovely to speak to you. And we can't wait to see the next stage of your phenomenal journey. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Karen. Pleasure. See you soon. I need a Prosecco now. What a fantastic chat with the lovely Dee there from Kay's Wars. Such an inspirational story and, you know, there's a lot more to come there, I'm sure. So, you know, I've got producer Ben with me here now as well. Hello, Ben. Hello. We just want to have a little chat about, you know, the the biggest takeouts from that. I mean, there were loads really, but, you know, for me, I loved how she sort of ended with this statement, you know, that you can only tell your own story and ain't that the truth? Yeah, I mean, and that's so transferable to most businesses i would have thought and i guess it's also it ties into one of the one of the takeaways that i was that i wrote down when i was listening um which is this um recognition that you're human mm. um and it, both those things are sort of recognizing i'm a person i'm doing a thing and i have my own sort of story to tell and that should transfer into your business is a really cool thing one thing i love that d was talking about was the word resilient she said that a lot and wasn't it inspiring hearing you know on her 20th time she finally got the you know the call she was waiting for and it's just that uh thing of keeping going isn't it and having the belief and having the you know the drive that you know you will succeed and what you are doing and selling and creating is is um true to you and good so that was really um inspiring actually and it it sort of keeps you going when the when the days are dark absolutely there's there's lots of stories that you hear about you know whether it's jk rowling's publicist and Mm. or or, or the beatles getting record deal there's (laughs) lots of stories like that and it's kind of even nicer to hear one about like a small business that you you know on a personal level is doing really well to basically have had that same experience and that you know to hear that as a success story is is definitely quite an inspiring thing too definitely and you know i think you mentioned it the the traveling thing as well yeah i wrote that down food is another way of traveling she said and um judging by my instagram uh feed i'm traveling all over the place at the moment (laughs) um so so yeah Yeah. and uh, her products look amazing i can't wait to try them Oh my gosh, I'm literally stopping talking to you and going to order some. I can't even lie. So inspirational. So thank you again, Dee. Legend. To find out more about Dee's amazing business, please visit her website, which is kswars.co.uk. As always, please do let us know what you think, what you'd like to hear about, who you'd like to hear from, and do give it a share and a like. Tell your friends about us. Um, And we'll see you next time. The Small Business Britain podcast was hosted by Karen Campbell, whose website is karencampbellmarketing.com. The composer, producer and editor is Ben Lloyd-Evans. You can find out more at bleproduction.com. Stay up to date with us at smallbusinessbritain.uk.